0: Hey guys, welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of Guy Stuff. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode because I loved making it for you guys. Really hope it gets out there and it's something helpful for you and really exciting to you. But stick around to the end and you can hear about my new releasing schedule and how you can get involved in the podcast. Alright, this is the part you've been waiting for, the main part of the episode. Just getting into it now. So welcome. First real episode. This is the discussion portion. Really hope you all have been looking forward to it. But yeah, here we are. Welcome to Augmenting Knowledge. So a lot of you guys probably don't know what that means at this point, which is okay. I mean, we... we uh. We all don't know certain things, but yeah. To augment means to make greater, more numerous, larger, or more intense. So, like, you know, we've seen this in augment augmented reality and the way that word is used in that sense is it's to make greater, to make your reality greater. All that great stuff, that's a different episode for a different time. And this one we're talking about augmenting knowledge. Which is a bit different because we have our knowledge and our brain is crazy huge. Like I saw a fact the other day, it has terabytes upon terabytes upon terabytes of storage, our brain has. But its ability to store is not like that of a computer's. Our brain will take information and it'll remember important details that it considers to be important at the time. And then you come back later, you know, looking for whatever in your brain and you can't find it. Because your brain will piece through information over and over and over. It will delete certain stuff that it doesn't consider to be important. So that's why you know notebooks are such a great thing. Because notebooks allow you to take notes. And they allow you to write down your thoughts. And to put down information for you in the future. So when you're back there going, wait, 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 wait. what, what what's, what's the answer to this? What's this? What's this? You're able to look at it and see. Which is great for us who are students. You know, if you're a student, that's wonderful. But just kind of for humanity... In general, that's what this episode's about, is how humanity as a whole has augmented its knowledge. So the really, like, original way of doing this was with books. So, like, we've done this for centuries. Books, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, all all these things, they're written, written archives of something that we've wanted to make sure we remember. So for humanity, so books were the perfect way to do it at first until you got to writing and you got the romans and the greeks and they had the scrolls they just kept writing and writing and writing and you had too many and at that point where you have too much information that's kind of where the internet came along the internet really helped us pack that down um it's always in your pocket we we probably all have phones on us at this point If you don't, then you probably have a computer at home or a tablet or something else. You have some way of accessing the internet. And at this point, the cloud will store anything we need. The cloud will store photos, store audio. I mean, I'm using the cloud for this podcast. It'll store video. We've seen entire, you know, you can store movies on the cloud. We've seen entire, you know, nuclear launch systems are on the cloud. Well, probably not debatable. But... The internet allows us to take this stuff and to put it up there so we can use it later. We have means of accessing it from the internet. So your phone is one way you access it from the internet. And you you pull out your phone, you pull up the browser, or pull up notes, or you pull up whatever it is, and you can access that information that you put on there in the past and it pulls it up. Even without the internet, your phone is just a great way to augment your knowledge. But it's still not reliable at the point where the internet takes all of our augmented knowledge. We, when it shuts down or if it shuts down, we don't have it. That's why the value of books and notebooks is so, they're so valuable. They say a short pencil is better than a long memory, which in this point probably goes for the internet too. A short pencil is better than a gigabyte of storage on the internet because you can write something down. They'll trigger your brain into remembering something. Instead of having it on the internet where it could possibly be corrupted or deleted. We we've all gone through that. We all know how that is. So that's kind of the point up to you know, up to right now. We've got internet, we got books, we got all these basic methods. But what I kinda wanted to focus on in this podcast, it's really cool, I'm sure you guys gonna love it, is actually AR glasses. And these are kind of the newest way of accessing that knowledge we put on the internet because we put so much stuff up there. If we could just access it all in a very simple way, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. So, um, people have actually tried doing this in the past. Um, augmented reality glasses, for those who don't know, just gonna quick, you know, recap. Google tried making them with Google Glass. They were really intrusive. They, people did not like them because you know it was a bit ahead of its time, but it was bulky and just it just didn't work. And then I think Microsoft came, yeah, Microsoft with their, um, their portal, their uh, headset, they tried it too, except theirs, for what they wanted to do, they wanted to augment reality in a very high-definition way, where Google Glass was just trying to throw pit, you know, quick pop, here's your message, pop, here's this, pop, here's this, on the right corner of your eye, where these are trying to be a fully immersive augmented reality experience, which is great. That's awesome. But, you know, Apple has tried things, and Apple makes everything better, which is almost a guaranteed fact of the tech market. Well, I'm an Apple fanboy, so I would say that. But, you know, you all have your own opinions. But for me, Apple going after something means it's going to be big. So if, if someone says, hey, Apple's going to do this, that's great. I've predicted these things for a long time, said they're coming for a long time. And now that there's some credible evidence that they're actually here, That's wonderful I that's I'm really happy about that so for AR glasses they're being predicted by Meng Chi Kuo so he I don't know horribly mispronounced that name probably but he is one of the guys he predicted that Apple would come out with a new mini model last year and they did like we've seen the minis and the um, airs I think he uh, predicted both of those and I'm currently working with one of those airs that he predicted so he's really accurate it's really he's really good predictor and he's really on target with a lot of his predictions which is great for us and kind of the speculation community so we can know you know what's coming up so mang chi quo says apple is starting to produce ar glasses all throughout ios 13 we get stuff everywhere ios 13 makes references to a ar head mounted display all throughout the code as a little symbol attached to it too it's looks something like you know the google vr box the little box um vr headsets but it's that's probably just stand in just you know to until they get a real good symbol of it um for the ar glasses but an AR head mount to display in ios 13 is something that's really credible if it's actually written to the code which would be great it um If it's written into the code, that means they're already working on it, which really gives some credit to these predictions. So um, Meng Chi Kuo says the end of 2019, they would enter production. And then uh, one of the end quarters of 2019, they would start producing these glasses. And by 2020, they would launch them. Now, that's I'm a bit iffy on that. 2020 quarter launch, I don't think they're going to start selling them at that point. Now, that might not be what he means. But twenty twenty launch, I think they're going to um announce them and then they're going to wait and see if developers will not start making their own software. Like, you know, Apple Watch, they released it and then they gave developers time to catch up and be like, Whoa, there's a whole new platform for us to put our apps on, which is great. So if it really is a twenty nineteen interproduction, which means they'd have a bit of a stockpile for them to use that would be wonderful for apple itself to have a stockpile of these things before it announced them so we don't get another air power which for those of you don't know apple announced air power a while back as a wireless charging mat said this is going to come and it never did and apple never does that apple rarely ever announces a product and this just kind of you know drops it you know yeah we don't want to do that anymore all that apple that's not apple's gig so For them to actually start producing them and to get it into production before they actually did, that'd be amazing so Apple can prevent that. Anyways, about the specs of the actual AR displays, they'll probably be tethered to iPhone in order to make them less bulky. So we're thinking something slim that has a camera on it, you have some sort of monitor and you'll be able to access with your eyes. How those controls will work, we don't know. It could be tethered to an Apple Watch or to your phone itself to be able to um, move through the graphic interface, which would be fine. You know, it wouldn't drain your iPhone battery that much to just use a black screen to navigate the interface. The problem with that would be that it isn't as accessible, I think, as Apple wants it to be. But in the end, Air Glasses really aren't that great at having controls on them. Like we've seen with Google Glass, you had swipe controls and you had tap controls, which are great. That's wonderful, but that really is a bit obtrusive when you're living your life and you have to swipe through something on your glasses. It looks funny. It's really imposing, and that's kind of the problem people had with Google Glass was it was just imposing. You had this big camera. You had this big glasses thing that were offset, and it was weird, and people didn't like that. I think if anybody's going to make these things look nice, it's going to be Apple. Apple has the ability to make them slim, to make them nice looking. They maybe, you know, put the camera somewhere where it won't be intrusive, or may even darken it out, make the camera blend right in, so people get more used to it. Um, these might be tied to a very powerful iPhone. So if Apple releases them in the September of 2020 with their new iPhones, or even if they announce them in March and they're up for sale in September, whatever it is, they will probably be tied to the latest iPhone. Because um, People are always bugged with the new iPhones by the chips. I mean, not everybody, but people who are not using their iPhones for either high definition gaming or for videotape or for, you know, all these really important things where the chip is really necessary, they get it. They're like, why, why do I need an A12 or why do I need a, what, whatever the latest chip is? They get really confused. And this would be one of the cases where you really need one of those newer chips. So it might be tied to the a- A13 Bionic chip so for those of who don't know every year apple comes back with a new chip and a general cut of what apple does it takes something the same size and doubles the power and that's that's you know that's what apple does and it can't do it forever but for the time being it seems every year apple will get on the stage and be like hey we doubled the capacity of our chip and everyone will be like yay what is that good for and apple's like i don't know So this might be one of those cases where Apple does actually have a real application for the chip because it's all kind of hypothetical. It makes your phone run faster. It does this. It does this. That's great. We can run high-quality gaming on our iPhones 11s, which is amazing. Nothing against mobile gaming, any of that. Don't have a problem with it. But if we're really going to be honest, the newer chips have more power than is useful, which sounds weird. But they have so much power, developers can't harness it all because nothing really needs that much power. This, these AR, this AR headset, whatever, let's just call it, eyeglass, Apple glasses, whatever, these Apple glasses um, actually will need the latest chip because if you think about it, they will be connected to the phone with Bluetooth because they can't be a standalone device because that, they'd be huge. And you don't want something huge on your face. They'll probably be as small, but they'll probably be able to connect to the phone at first and just allow um, signals to be broadcast to the phone. The phone will be, you know, um, developing everything that needs to be developed. Like if you were playing Pokemon Go, it'd send it to your phone. Your phone would overlay and adjust for the ground and do all the complicated computing stuff and send the image to the glasses where they could display it. And that would be great. The A13 would support that, probably support your Apple Watch and your AirPods. You could be an Apple fanboy all right there. And you could that would be awesome with that A13 chip. The real question at this point is what would they be useful for? So the f- So the most obvious answer to this question is really Apple's own ecosystem of apps and services that it provides. The um, augmented reality glasses or Apple glasses, whatever I called them, will just be another way to access that because we have a lot of ways at the moment. We started with Macs and then we went to phones and then we went to watches and it's gradually and steadily, it's getting more and more connected to you. So with the Mac, you know, you had it at your house, you didn't have to go to a library and boot up or you didn't have to do this different stuff. And then you got your phone, your phone was in your pocket, your phone stuck to you, your phone was with you, so you didn't even have to be at your house. At the point the watch came along, it started as a tethered device to your phone, so you had to have them both. But you could access the watch without necessarily having to pull out your phone and be, you know, awkward in that public conversation or whatever to be pulling out your phone. You could just access it straight from your watch, whether that be messages or notes or paying for a tab or whatever you're trying to do. You could do it from your watch. I feel like these air glasses would just be one more step in that process of Apple getting closer to you. Because the Apple Watch really is tethered to you. It's really on you all the time because it's trapped to your wrist. You know, it it measures your heart rate. It's it's very connected to our health at this point and our safety in other ways. Because we rely so much on it. Like, the Series 4 has fall detection. It has the... Um, Epocardiogram, probably said that wrong, but you know, the ECG. It has all these things that it protects us, and Apple has found a way to make its device feel like something that protects you, feels like something that's tied to you, and feels so much a part of you that when you do not have it, it feels strange, and it feels weird not to be able to access and pay, and all these things that we associate. It's just the ease of doing it that makes Apple Watch great because it's a simple tap and tap when you want to pay for groceries. It's a simple, hey, I got the bill, pay for coffee. You can pay for pay for stuff, but also in, like, responding to text messages. Someone will text you, and you can just swipe an auto-response from your wrist or narrate to Siri real fast and tell her what you want her to say to whoever's been texting you. Or even with mail, you can read short blips. You can't really respond, but it's great because you can get information from your wrist but even that for Apple is not close enough tied to you I feel like so these AR glasses would allow Apple to be directly essentially on your face it'll be right there and for Apple that's great because and for the consumer for the average Apple consumer that is amazing because you can walk in with these AR glasses on never pull your phone out of your gym bag or if you threw your phone in the backpack didn't even have to be in your pocket as long as it's close enough to connect, you do not have to have the phone out in all probability. I mean, this debatable. But if you want to access stuff through voice commands, you can access them through voice commands without having to pull out your phone and open an app and open music and play it. That's where Siri's great. And the way Apple has created these auto, the always listening mics and these different things that allow us to say an activation word like, you know, hey, Alexa, I'm going to provide that example because I am recording on Apple device and it will pop up for me. But you say that, you say, you know, Siri, and Siri will pop up and she will provide you with the things you need. And she is very instant, but it's still not connected enough for Apple. And with these AR glasses, as I said before, you'd be able to put them on in the gym and you might be able to see the amount of pull-ups you've done. And you can see your reps because it'd go to your Apple Watch and it it display things like that. Besides Apple's own ecosystem, with third-party developers, we'd probably have a really nice gym app, wouldn't have swimming apps because these obviously wouldn't be waterproof, but you probably have a golf swing app, you'd probably have a basketball shot app. We've seen these things, Apple has done them before and proven to us that its cameras, its tracking abilities, its software is good enough to show us how to improve in sports, how to improve in different things. And that would probably be kind of the second level use for these is besides just accessing Apple's own information, I feel like for working out, these would be really great as an ability to refine or to see information as a heads up. And even like while you're in your commute, if you're riding the train around the city or if you're you know biking or if you're in your car whatever you're doing if you're on a bike path this would provide hey turn right up ahead get off this sidewalk get over here and it could show you a route marked out in your line of sight so you could be riding and would not even have to look down at your phone or look at something It'd simply say turn right right in your vision and you'd be able to see without blocking your vision and it provide like a heads-up display for everyday use which would be awesome that sounds amazing just for everything, everything we do. And as great as it sounds, which I think it sounds amazing, and I think it would be great, does have a few drawbacks. Because to allow Apple to do this, you really give them a camera into your private everyday life, which is okay. Um, I trust Apple personally. Apple is a very reputable company in my book. I, I think it's it's proven itself to be trustworthy, and in my book, it is trustworthy just because of some of the safety measures it has, and a lot of the things it does. It's proven itself trustworthy for me, and I don't know about other people. Other people might not trust it as much as I do, but for me, I trust it enough to allow it into my home to some degrees. With these AR glasses, I I would be more comfortable than others with these. As they do require an always-on camera to overlay the graphics and to view different things and to be able to adjust for light and all these different things it needs, it does require an always-on camera, which a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable with always having a camera. Because with a phone, you can tell someone's taking a picture because the phone's pointed at you. With glasses, it wouldn't be so obvious. And I don't know if Apple's really the type to put in a blinking light or some sort of Flashing, hey, I'm taking a picture of you in order to make it less creepy, I guess. But you never know. Apple might decide to take that decision. But I feel like that's not something they would want to do. And besides always accessing um, a camera, it probably also has to access your location for a lot of things. Which for Apple, I'm comfortable with. But for third-party developers, I'm not really sure I want them accessing My location and a live feed of my surroundings because that's a bit weird to me. And I don't know if other people feel like this, but for a third-party app developer who hasn't proven themselves, they've gotten past Apple, but we've seen some of the things that Apple allows on the App Store. It's way better than Androids or the Google Play or any of that, but still, Apple allows some weird, funky business people onto its App Store. And if those people, if I allowed them to come in and access my camera, which you'd have to use a bit of, you know, knowledge to say what you'd install, but if you did allow them, you'd essentially be giving anybody a live stream into your life, which I'm not sure many people really want. That's, yeah, I don't know. Do you really want that? Which may, maybe you do. Maybe maybe that's you, but it's it sure ain't me. And um, the second really major flaw that I foresee with this is the customization. So for like the Apple Watch, Apple simply said, hey, strap a new band on it, put a new color, do this different stuff, and you have a different looking watch that's personalized to you. But that's not the case with your eyes. For for, for looks, sure, that's really easy. You buy this phone and you do this. You, you, you purchase this um, watch band and this model and you can make all these different color changes it works great that's wonderful but it's not essential the changes are not essential for AR glasses everything has to be perfectly tuned and we've seen this with startup companies for instance North don't know if you all heard of them go check them out Their AR glasses they don't overlay they just provide a pop-up a vision they're essentially a little heads-up display but it doesn't overlay information use um, cameras to look like it's actually in your reality. It's just kind of like a pop-up display that you can look up at. And they, they're amazing. They're great. I think they're cool. they very limited on the features. If you watch some videos, they are very limited. And the reason North is a good example for this is for making North, it requires over six weeks to make North. You go into their stores, you get your head scanned, and you can do this on an iPhone X or something but then it takes months to get your glasses back. Now, by months, I mean at least two, and from what I've heard, it takes six weeks to make it, and then you have to go in, visit again, and then it takes a bit more time to get them custom-fitted to your head. It takes at least a month and a half. Now, months may be a bit of an overstatement, but it takes at least a month and a half to get your glasses, which I don't think Apple would be able to do. Apple's whole experience is based about this walk-in, play around with the products, walk out, and Apple would have to figure some sort of universal model in order to make these adaptive for everyone, which they might do perfectly, not saying they can't. Apple's amazing at at doing this, but it would really complicate the process to to have this requirement of customizability to someone's own face to their own eyes to everything because it's it changes so much you'd have to make sure these air glasses work for people who have negative eight vision and not just people who have 2020 vision and you have to make sure it works for everyone and i personally i would love to have a pair of these glasses but we'll go get into that in the third drawback but my eyes are not the best and even with um some custom my bill cuts custom some customizability, custom can't say that word custom all right whatever even with it being somewhat customizable there it is Uh, um it would still pose a bit of a problem because it can't it a universal model in your eyes I, i don't know if that'd be able to adapt fully to what people like me require Not that my eyes are terrible, but I know people who have terrible, terrible eyes. They probably love a pair of these. But just that would be something Apple would have to overcome the universally adjustable model that actually has to adjust to one's personal biometrics and not just their tastes, which they might do perfectly. I don't know. Just pointing out another issue. The third issue is it'd be pricey. And I'm not talking, you know, 500 bucks like an Apple Watch, we're talking two grand drop that bombshell yep two grand and that is about the price of two iphones at the moment but for this tech i can see why it costs two grand it'd probably be a bit like the apple watch at first where it's only for the people who have a lot of money for the cust- you know company executives for all these people but two grand is a lot and apple's trying to push this market of We're for everyone, everyone can buy us, you know, it everyone's hands, we're made for the consumer. Two thousand dollars a bit pricey and I don't know if they'll be able to sell stuff at first. I think at first it'll be the concept, the excitement, the idea that hey, these exist and then they'll try to make a budget version once the technology develops. But I think at first we won't see this for less than two grand. There is no way that we'll be able to get this much technology for less than that price. So, you know, there's a few drawbacks to it, um, some of them pretty major, some of them, you know, less so if you have money to shell out. You know, it doesn't really make a difference. But, you know, it's great to think about that Apple might be in adding another revolutionary new way to access its ecosystem of services, you know, soon. that That's amazing. A new product and a new, you know, platform would do wonders for apple at the moment and i think it's really really exciting the way it seems to be going with this so i hope you really enjoyed this discussion it's a bit of a first with this first episode but i hope it didn't turn any of you off i hope it really excited you as much as it excited me because it's a really interesting new product and i'm really looking forward to getting a first glimpse of it whether or not it'll actually happen i'd like to add we don't know this is all speculation at this point that's my little disclaimer probably put it- put that at the beginning but whatever it's at the end this is all speculation we we really don't know but thanks for listening to me talk about apple's new air glasses i hope you guys really enjoyed this discussion hey guys welcome to the end of the episode i hope you really really enjoyed it so my release schedule for the year 2020 It was a bit up for debate for a little while. I didn't really know if I was going to be restarting this podcast, really because my mics were stolen. But then I got this mic, and I hope this episode has sounded okay to you guys. Um, I think it sounds way better than my first episodes did. I hope you guys agree. But now that I have this, I really plan to have a more solid release schedule. And I plan to start that at the beginning of every month, release an episode. And I have three months planned out at the moment, but I really need some help after that. Um, what content would be useful for you guys? What content would be helpful? Just what you'd like to listen to, what you'd like to hear me talk about. If you're listening on Anchor, you can voice message me. Um, that's a great feature of Anchor. And if you don't have Anchor, good, look it up. It's great. Really great user interaction. I love it. It's what I use to make my podcasts. And but it also provides really good listening. Not sponsored by them at the moment, but yeah. Don't know, go look it up. Voice message me if you have it. If not, um I'm considering putting up a social networking page. Don't know if that'll work out or not. If it does, I'll be sure to let you guys know and you can really get into contact me that way. But until there is a way to contact me, just Please, if you have an idea, write it down somewhere. So when there is a way for you to contact me, I'll be able to hear it from you. And that would be wonderful. And other than that, please give me a shout out somewhere. Text your friends if you like this podcast. Put it up on your Insta feed. Whatever you want to do. I'd really like to see this podcast grow. Do that together. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure you subscribe. And I'll see you next time.